coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. When we had no clue about anything else, sometimes no clue how to even begin to love and understand each other or any of that, to have the anchor, to have that place to run and say, God, we're, we're trusting you. We're trusting that your word is true. We're anchoring our hearts to that. And all of us are saying he has been faithful through all of it. Uh, this, this session is called A Court of Three Strands, and we're calling it that from Ecclesiastes 4 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep, be warm alone? Though one may overpower, be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, God created marriage in the Garden of Eden, Karen, and it wasn't Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Eve and God. And God, God was the cord of three strands. And what I want you to hear from all of the, all of the couples here is just simply about your faith in Christ. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being great role models. Thank you for standing up when it's really difficult, telling your story when it's, when it's easier not to tell your story and all of that. But, um, uh, Sean and Catherine over here. Now, the, the first question, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a dud with them is how did you meet? You know, so, it, <laughs> you know, so y'all were on The Bachelor. You were on The Bachelor. We, we met the old fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I was The Bachelor and I had 20, 26 women, um, all vying for me, I guess. And That's she, not right. That's just she, not it's right. not right. It didn't feel right either. <laughs> and, um, you know, long story short, I went into that crazy world not expecting anything. Um, I kind of figured, you know, God has opened this door. I'm going to walk through it, but I don't see myself ever meeting my wife on TV. I mean, the thought of it just sounded ridiculous. And I know that may sound hypocritical because I was the bachelor and that's the whole purpose of the show, but I didn't think it could happen. And lo and behold, a couple months into it, I realized I want to spend the rest of my life with, with this woman right here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tim and Sharice, uh, Tim, Tim, let me say, uh, Heisman Trophy winner in 1987. He, Tim has been inducted in the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. 17 years with the Oakland Raiders. That's wrong. You should have been a cowboy. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Should have been a cowboy. Michael Irvin wouldn't let me come play with him. So. But, okay, so how did you guys meet? <laughs> uh, my, one of my good friends, Chester McLaughlin, God rest his soul, he passed away 42 years old a couple years ago. But he, uh, he had told me about this young lady who lived in this building, who was a great cook, who was beautiful. And I thought, you know, my boy was, you know, set me up with one of his ex-girls or something. I was like, Chet, please, man, don't do your boy like that. And he kept telling me, Tim, no, this is a girl for you, I'm telling you. And it took about a year and a half. He, at his wedding, he had us sitting together, and that's where I met her. I met her at the wedding. And- yeah, I want to, we want to hear your side. <laughs> okay, let's start over. 
So at the wedding, I'm standing there with some girlfriends, and he's standing behind me in the line. And I think he went over to Chester immediately and asked, who is that young lady? And Chester said to him, this is the young lady I've been trying to get you to in- introduce you to. So that's the real story. That guy's the yeah, There you go. Stephen Kirsten and Mary Beth. Now, how y'all met, how you fell in love, when you decided to get married, all that. Okay. We met and married in 13 months. Um, I was a freshman at Anderson University. I was 18 years old when I met him, 19 when we got married. I went to, I was a freshman, so um, you know how freshmen go early at like, I don't know, they all have different names, like preview week or whatever. My roommate and I were in the back row of this concert, and I kept thinking, this is an odd looking little man. He had a green guitar. <laughs> and, oh, gosh. And um, unbeknownst to me, I really wasn't paying much attention. Sorry. Um, and I didn't hear that his name was Steve Chapman, which is um, what he went by in school. And he goes by Stephen Curtis Chapman because that's a whole other story because there's another Steve Chapman that does music. But side note. Um, I didn't realize that was who that was, which means when I went to my mailbox and started seeing mail from Steve Chapman, I didn't make the connection that that was the guy that I saw performing on stage. Um, And you at the same time saw mail to me, and you actually told me that you thought, wouldn't this be interesting if I met this Mary Beth Chapman person and we actually liked each other and got married? And that's exactly what happened. And Stephen Curtis and Mary Beth, you guys have been very open about the tragedy that happened with your daughter. And um, the um, talk about what you guys have been through and how only only with God's help. I mean, would you guys be sitting here happy and in love and with a beautiful family? Yeah, um, in 2008, probably most of the people in this room know that we lost our youngest daughter, um, Maria. Um, as a result of a car accident in our driveway. Um, If God were not in the center of our relationship, it is a 100% truth that we would not have survived. Um, Many people in this room prayed for us and prayed for our son and our family, and um, we are a 100% living result of prayers of people who interceded on our behalf. So thank you. First and foremost. And, and this man right here is a 100% safe place for me. And not even, um, not even just in the death of Maria, but in our early years of marriage, um, he ran and is running hard after God, which is why I ran hard after him. <laughs> um, because I saw that in his life. I saw it early on when we first met and how um, honorable he wanted to be toward me and our relationship. And I've watched him in raising our um, five living children. And he, Stephen, really gave our whole family the permission to ask hard questions and to, and to be angry and to wrestle it out. And we landed it was a face plant, but we landed, and it was solid ground at the end of it. And little by little, God has begun to redeem. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, I love you. I'm proud of I'm one of the most courageous 
the most courageous woman on the planet, as far as I'm concerned, sitting beside me. And um, through the darkest of tragedies and, and all of that, just knowing that when nothing else, uh, when we had no clue about anything else, sometimes no clue how to even begin to love and understand each other or any of that, to have the anchor, to have uh, that place to run and say, God, we're, we're trusting you. We're trusting that your word is true. We're anchoring our hearts to that right now uh, in this moment. Um, and all of us are saying he has been faithful through all of it. Well, you guys have touched many millions of lives. And, you know, you had a lot of people praying for you because you had, you had sown a lot of seed before that ever happened. And we're, we're proud of you for all that you've been through and how you went through it. And you will see your daughter again. You know, that'll be a wonderful day when we all get back together. And yeah. Thank you all for sharing. John and Catherine, I want to talk to your generation because I know that there are, are some watching right now. What would you say to your generation related to marriage? Well, so specifically, the thing that we took the most heat over and what you're referring to is our decision to wait until our marriage night to have sex. And the tabloids got a hold of this. Um, somewhere along the line, somebody asked me a question, a reporter, and I answered it honestly. He must have asked how our sex life was or something along those lines. And I said we were waiting until we got married. And from that moment forward, any talk show I went on, every tabloid, that's all they wanted to talk about. Why aren't you guys having sex? And it really bothered me in the beginning they labeled me the Virgin Bachelor, every tabloid, the Virgin Bachelor. It, it could be respectable news outlets like Good Morning America. All they want to talk about is our sex life or lack thereof. I wanted people to know why we were taking that stance, but they didn't care to hear my reasoning. They just wanted to, to put a label on us. But as the months went on, what I think we both realized is that whether or not the tabloids and the entertainment shows and everybody wanted to hear our story, people were still understanding it and people were still getting the message and they were seeing God's truth through us. For all the, the young people out there who are listening, you will not regret that decision. And I'm talking about sex here. You will not regret that decision to wait until marriage. And it's such a special intimate thing that God has created. And I know you've probably heard this in church a million times and you may even read it in the Bible, but it's such a special intimate thing that God made for you and that one person you're going to go through life with. You're doing yourself a huge disservice if you're having sex with other people. And to be honest, Sean was the one who presented that commitment to me when we, the day before he proposed, he said, I am not going to have sex until marriage. And I immediately was like, wait, what? I, I knew you were a Christian, but a lot of people say they're Christian and they don't live it out. Um, so I was like very taken back. But immediately I thought, yes, absolutely, I will, I will do that with you. No questions asked. And we held each other accountable the whole time. We made sure that that commitment that we both made meant something. And I think that a lot of people are surprised to hear us say that about sex, but that was the best decision that I could have ever made is to say, you know what, forget my past, forget what I, I could have done and what path I could have taken. The way that he presented it to me and the way that I had just 
said absolutely, and I stuck to that commitment, I am so glad that I did that, and I'm so glad that he presented it to me because I'm there's no looking back, and I'm so happy, and I hope that everybody really looks at it seriously and, and thinks, I don't want to move in because that changes so much about a relationship, and I don't want to have sex. It's it's like the most amazing thing that I, I've, I've, I've been blessed with. We're very proud of you, guys. You know, I appreciate the fact that, Sean, you as a man made that decision. There's a lot of women that want to be virgins, but the men put pressure on them. And for you to be the role model that you are for men, uh, I mean, that's for, just like she said, he presented it to me. And, what, and she immediately she's like, well, yeah. Can you imagine that this generation that you're a part of, how it would change if men said, we will remain pure. And what would that do for the women in our society? Now, I want to, want to talk to Tim and Sharice. Okay, what's the most important thing that you learned about marriage? Uh, well, marriage is probably the most difficult thing that you ever go through, without a doubt. I mean, it's, um, you know, this is an ever-changing being. <laughs> as beautiful as she is, it changes on a day-to-day -day basis. So uh, uh, I have to be able to adjust to that. And all and the to, men said... Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. yeah, I don't want Tim to just hang over there by himself. <laughs> right. That, Come on, y'all. Yeah. I married her sister <laughs> right. right here. I heard some women you know, going, so, hmm. So, you know, I, I think from that standpoint, you know, you always have to be open. You always have to be ready for something different. And, uh, you know, so I know that she's God-centered. So whenever things, if, if, if things start to slide a little bit to, the, to one side or the other, always, hey, you know, this God thing that we talk about, let, let's get back there because there we can always meet head to head and we can always see eye to eye. And I think that's the place I want to be. But, you know, I, I understand that, uh, you know, I played football and I, I've done a lot of things in my life, but this I have to work at very, very hard. Uh, there is no autopilot. You know, I wish, you know, sometimes you can go in autopilot, but you, you absolutely cannot do that because I have to find a way every day to make sure that she's happy. Now, I don't, I fail unfortunately, but it's not because of lack of effort. And uh, so I know that I know that I have to find a way to please her because if, if mama's happy, everybody's happy. Right. And uh, that's where I look right. at it, and uh, that's how I try to approach I, I, it. And I, I totally agree with that, Tim, and I think every man would. You know, you want them to be less complicated. You, you want them to be, you know... <laughs> So you use that word. I wasn't using that word. <laughs> and I'll pay a high price for that too, Tim. But no, really and truly, it, it is work and it, it is ever changing. And, and that makes it uh, challenging, but it also makes it what it is. I mean, Absolutely. it's the, the, the enjoyment of it. That goes both ways. Um, <laughs> but one thing I can say is um, you were very helpful and instrumental um, with me because uh, we do a wives' prayer, a group of my girlfriends, we have a wives' prayer group. And we walked in one day and she's like, ladies, sit down. I have something for you. Jimmy Evans, you guys have got to hear this. And I'm like, uh-oh, what do we do? But it was more or less saying how we're supposed to support our husbands. You really were really teaching on how the wife is supposed to be his biggest cheerleader. And we all sat back, can't say any names because uh, well-known women, and we sat back and we said, wow. And we all had to think about it. And we said, okay, so we're supposed to support them and all that they're doing really not say too much, but just support them and then let them know, hey, I support you, I love you, and that's our role. 
Um, not that we can't be heard and you can't give your opinion, but you don't tear your husband down. You don't beat your husband down for making bad decisions. Um, you come together. Communication bad is decisions. key. <laughs> bad decisions. Uh, <laughs> communication is key. I would tell anyone, and we're in our 40s, um, but just communication in your marriage has got to be number one. If you don't communicate, there's no way that your marriage is going to survive. Because you can't be in one corner and, and, and she in another corner and you're working on this and I'm in this area and we're not coming together. It just doesn't work like that. That's not biblical. So, In marriage, everything we do affects the other person. And so they have a right to speak into it. And so, it's, and it's a bit for husbands to include their wives in decision making is a huge deal. And, and I kind of learned that the hard way too. What's the most important thing you guys learned about marriage? Well, um, you know, I think along the lines of what you're saying, I mean, really celebrating those differences. I think early on in our marriage, I made great mistakes in. Um, trying, you know, I had this sort of idea of this is what um, my wife is going to, how she's going to respond to things. And um, quickly we learned, I think, with, you know, counselors and, and, and different ones with God's direction that um, I think it was our pastor at the time, Scotty Smith, that likened us to, because we were fans of Winnie the Pooh, he said, you know, it's sort of like Tigger and Eeyore have gotten married here. And, um, <laughs> It doesn't take long if you're around us to, to figure out which one is the fun, fun, fun guy <laughs> diving in, saddling up his horse, and um, and and not that my wife is in any shape, yes, form, or I fashion like you are. I can be fun. She can be very fun, but but the wisdom, the the you know the ability to assess situations and and read those and to really embrace and recognize that as a gift. Uh, from God, even the the vast differences, and some that were really hard for us to, you know, to to embrace and celebrate, but it was so important and has continued to be uh, really important for us to celebrate those. Again, all going back to to trusting that God really does know what He's doing when He brings yeah, us together. Because there are lots of times when it's easy to go, okay, God, I'm going to give you this one. You, you, you missed it on just this one. You know, all the other ones you got right, but this one, there's no way this could have been your, your design. This is so different. We're so different. And yet to really begin to watch God redeem that and say, no, I actually have a really brilliant plan here going on. If you'll trust me with it and learn through the process. You know, on the program today, you saw the celebrity couples and that was such a fun time and a powerful time of them sharing, but the thing that they all had in common was Jesus. And that's what we were trying to portray is, you know, Sean and Catherine, their, their marriage, you know, came together around Jesus. And we love what Sean, you know, how he was such a man of God in honoring her before they got married. And that needs to be an example that for young people today and people getting married is keeping yourself until marriage and the blessing that that brings. But also Tim and Sharice and their marriage, what a powerful testimony of how this man so famous so gifted, had money, fame, everything you can want, but it was, it wasn't enough without Jesus. And how that terrific couple has dedicated their marriage to God and how God has blessed them. The statistics of divorce in, in major league sports period is horrific. And in football is horrific, but there is a, a, an example of how Jesus Christ makes a difference in the life of a person. You know, many people would look at Tim and Therese 
and just envy them and think, oh my gosh, that's the most incredible couple. They have money. They're good looking. They've got everything. No, not without Jesus. And they know that. And see what the devil wants us to believe is all these celebrities out there. Well, they've got everything. Celebrities need Jesus just the way everybody else does. And this is why we wanted them to share their testimony is just an example to all of us is we need Jesus. If they need Jesus, we all need Jesus. And he makes the biggest difference in the world. But Stephen Curtis and Mary Beth, what a precious, precious couple. Stephen Curtis is the most awarded Christian music artist in history. Uh, his Grammys, you know, his, uh, the, the Dove Awards he's won. It's just, it's incredible how gifted that man is. But they went through a tragedy in their family. And most couples that lose a child divorce. The, the divorce rate for couples like that goes up dramatically. But they made it because of God. They made it because God was in the middle of their relationship and gave them the strength to get through such a very, very difficult time. And we hope that you enjoyed the celebrity couples today. But let me just say something. We need Jesus in our marriages. People ask Karen and I, you know, how we made it in our marriage. Jesus, we are married because of God. And if it were not for our relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not saying because we walked the aisle when we were 13 years old and got saved. I'm saying because we pray every day and depend on Jesus every day in our marriage. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an active, dependent relationship on Jesus Christ. It's the most important issue in marriage. It's the most important issue whether to predict whether you're going to succeed or fail in marriage is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When God created marriage in Genesis 2, God was in the middle of that marriage. It wasn't Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Eve and God. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, I'm saying right now, open your heart to Christ and ask him to come in to be your Lord and Savior, and he will. In an instant of time, your eternal address will change from hell to heaven, and God will come in, he'll forgive your sins, and from that point forward, Jesus will live inside of you, and you'll be a new person. He will fulfill you. He will fill you with his love and ability to love other people. But it's the biggest difference that will be made in your marriage is your relationship with Jesus. So I hope that you enjoyed today's program, and I hope that you'll open your heart to Christ if you haven't. And if you're not depending on Jesus right now, I want you to give your marriage to God. Maybe you're in a crisis. Maybe you're going through a tough time. I want you to give your marriage to God and just see what a difference it makes for you. I hope you've enjoyed the program today. Listen, if this ministry is a blessing to you, would you support us financially? Would you give your most uh, generous gift right now to help us come back to you and go to other people all over the world, helping them in their marriages? The information's on your screen. You can call the number there. You can go on our secure website, or you can mail your gift into the address that's there on your screen. But give your most generous gift to help us raise the standard. You know, marriage is under attack, and we're on the front lines of helping people to succeed in their marriage and family relationships. Thank you for giving. And watch this. We have some more information for you.